Good afternoon, everyone. And good afternoon to those who are watching online. Welcome to Victory into the 5 p.m. service. We're starting a new series called Salt and Light. And our goal here, our, our objective, is really to have the cross of Christ um, to show that this is enough to bring wholeness and restoration in the world out there, in a the world that needs it. Amen? Just give me a moment right here. All right. Okay. Okay, there you go. Thank you. I have a story to share. I had a little adventure last week. Um, or was it this week? No, last week. Right, Friday last week. Um, were you guys ever accused of a, or somehow anything close to that, accused of a crime? Meron ba dito na accused kayo? Maybe not much of you here. Maybe those of you online probably have that. Well, I had something close to that, okay? Not, 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 not like I was accused of a crime or anything like that. Something close to it. Um, I applied for an NBI clearance, <laughs> and apparently there was a hit, right? And um, pag, uh, it, it, I was so happy because here in Galleria, where we hold office here kasi, no, during the weekdays, but here in Galleria, there's a satellite office, but the, the person there told me that, Sir, may kaso po kayo. Huh? agad ang pagkasabi? So ako parang, parang di ba, pag kayo nasabihan ng gano'n, parang di ba nakakasyak? Parang may kaso kayo. Ha? Ako? Ako may kaso? Wala ko alam. Alam mo, kaaway or anything like that. Um, hindi po, ibig sabihin, um, baka po may ano, kapangalan nyo lang po. Okay, okay. So I had to go to the main office all the way there in Taft. And wow, it was an adventure. I mean, you know, how it was... We're supposed to practice social distancing, and uh, there really was, there was there was to a degree, I would say. Um, but thank God, no, I, I, I'm okay, I'm cleared, right? So you could listen to this guy preaching the word, right? Don't worry, wala ang kaso. <laughs> but anyway, uh, why am I telling you that story? See, in this series, we're going to go through the book of Isaiah. And if you've read that, and if you know it, Wow, this is one of the hard, one of the hardest books, and yet the richest books to read. Very rich. Um, and here in in chapter one, which we will study today. Right here, Isaiah is his words is like a lawyer coming with a list of indictments. Okay, like a list of cases. And and this is Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah speaking. A prophet speaking uh, the voice of God. He is the voice of God. So in, in, in a way, this is God speaking to Israel through Isaiah and giving a list of things, indictments, accusations of things that they have done. And what, what that has done was take the, the people of God to a place where they were they 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 had to reflect on these things. You know, it had to take a prophet for them to realize the the sin that was so prevalent in their time. Can I invite you all to please stand? And we're we're gonna read and read from Isaiah chapter one, verse sixteen to twenty. It says there, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil. Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, 
they shall be as white as snow, though they are as red as crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Father, we pray that you help us today learn from the scriptures. May we hear your voice and may it lead to a changed life, Lord God, a changed mindset. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let me take your seat. Now, if you look at, if you observe verse 16 to 20, um, it's talking about what God ha is now saying. But before that, if you read the, the, the first verses, um, starting from verse 2, actually, you'll read, you'll see here God saying things. Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. And verse 4, we have that. Ah, oh, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offsprings of evildoers, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Now, if you look at um, the whole book of Isaiah, there's so much sin that's being dealt with here by the Lord. In fact, there's also judgment here that's pronounced for Israel. And we'll look at that in the coming weeks. We'll take a deep dive and I'll give you even more background about that in the coming weeks. But like I said earlier, this is like God giving a list of indictments, okay, cases that these offenders, which were the sinful nation Israel, had. They make a list. But for tonight's discussion, I'd like to focus on just one of them, right? On March 2, we'll go back to the same scripture and talk about the more general scope and, and really uh, read the false religion, actually, that was really the problem, all right, uh, of these people. But there's just one of the cases there, one of the indictments there, isang kasodon, that I want to focus on today that the Lord highlighted as well and we read it earlier in the scriptures. And that is the negligence, or us neglecting, the people of God neglecting the poor, neglecting the oppressed, the weak. That's what I want to focus on today. Now here in these scriptures right here, I highlighted this these words, first there's sinful, well, that's sin, there's iniquity, and um, there's also a rebellion there, which if you translate, the other translations would be transgressions. And have you noticed that when you read the scriptures, you see those three words, diba? Sin, iniquity, transgressions, diba? God uses it to um, describe sin and evil in our lives, right? But haven't you wondered what the differences are? Yeah. Actually, there are differences. And let me just give you a quick, I don't know, about the differences, what they actually mean. Well, sin is the more general one, you know, and, and all of us do know what it is. But basically, what it means for us to have a proper understanding is us missing the goal, missing the target, not hitting the mark. God is a standard and we miss it. So basically, that's what sin is because we have a holy God and he has his standards. And if we don't hit that, we miss it, we sin. Basically, that's what sin is. It's the more general, general one compared to the other two, iniquity and transgression. Now, iniquity, it's an old English word. It's so hard to translate that now. No one uses that nowadays. It's an archaic English word, okay? Um, but what it means is this. It means twistedness, right? Twistedness. You know how it is when sometimes we justify sin. 
or we don't call sin sin. We say, "Nee, nee, hindi naman sin yan eh." You know, that, that, that's what iniquity is, right? Another is transgression, which I already mentioned earlier, means rebellion, okay? Meaning you're intentionally denying the standards of God. You intentionally do it. You know it's wrong, and you say, I'll still do it anyway. You're not doing it out of ignorance. You're doing it intentionally. Interestingly, verse 3 says that we're... That Buti pa yung ox and donkey. Because at least them, they have a limit. Meaning, di ba meron sila mga nakasabit doon and they have a limit. They can't go anywhere because they're being controlled. Buti pa sila, they have a limit. But when you transgress and you rebel, it's like you're living no limits. You're living with no limits. So now, if we're going to apply this with this issue of caring for the poor, the needy, the weak, if we're going to apply this in this idea of being socially responsible, right? the sin there, the more general s- scope would be apathy. And we all get what apathy is, right? It's like we don't care. We don't care. If people are hungry, if people are not doing well, well, you know, I've got my own things going on here. I don't care. That's a- apathy. If we're going to look about iniquity, if we're going to apply iniquity, that would probably be us coming up with excuses or justifying why won't we give to the needy, give to the poor, be socially responsible, right? We would justify, this is all I have, so, you know. So that's the ano there, no? With transgression is selfishness where we intentionally snub when there's an actual call all right. When when the when there's already someone there who is in need, you're there, and, and you intentionally snub it. Ayoko magbigay kasi I'm a virus ako, or <laughs> I have no time, or I have other. No, 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 no. It's I, I, and some people even make fun of who senselessly senselessly criticize NGOs or organizations that are driven towards helping the poor. And you senselessly criticize it just so you could justify you not participating. These things can apply with regard to the lack of our involvement in being socially responsible, being helpful towards the poor and the needy. I know we're all needy in these times. A lot of you, a lot of people, a lot of those watching have probably lost jobs and all that. But the word of God is the word of God. It doesn't change based on our circumstances. It doesn't adjust to our problems. It is the same word. And God, through Isaiah here, wasn't asking for people to be radically generous towards the poor. He wasn't touching the hearts of generous people. That wasn't what Isaiah was. It wasn't in this portion. But actually, there was a rebuke to an intentional neglect towards the poor. That was what was going on for the people of Israel back in those days. They were intentionally neglecting the poor, the widows, the weak, the needy. My prayers for all of us, if we're just not aware, if it's just us not being aware, then I hope that we become aware and we do something about it. Whether it's sin, iniquity, whether it's iniquity or transgression, I hope that the word of God molds our hearts and Brothers and sisters, I'm using the word our. 
Kasama po ako dito. In fact, when I was preparing for the sermon, I was gripped by it. So much so that I had to ask myself, am I guilty of the indictment of not caring? And so, I bring the word of God for all of us today. And I pray that it will move us all to change. John Oswald says this. He's one of one of those um, New Testament, I'm oh, sorry, Old Testament scholars who actually we listen to uh, with regard to the book of Isaiah. Okay, and he says this: the real indicator of our heart condition is how we treat one another, especially those who cannot repay us. I pray today that our heart condition will change or our heart condition will shine forth for the world to see that God will be proud about us doing something about what God has done first in our hearts as we be socially responsible and take care of those who are in need and those who are poor. First things first, the root needs to re be removed, really. What is the root? Whenever we deal with sin, we don't deal with just, you know, the externals. When you deal with sin, you deal with the root issue. And really, when we talk about this idea of us being apathetic or us not being, you know, not, uh, not helping or, or just intentionally snobbing the needs of those who are oppressed, really the problem there, the root there of that sin is selfishness. That's what it is. It's, about, it's all about my convenience. It's all about my safety. It's all about my needs, my wants, my finances, my gains. It's basically selfishness. That's the root of all sin. It's us wanting to be like God, so we all want the glory for ourselves. Or it's us wanting just, just being greedy. We are the gods of our lives. Therefore, what matters most in my life is that I get what I want. That this God gets what he wants. I appease this God right here. I please this God right here. That's the root of all sin. It's selfishness. And the word of God says this. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. The Lord is calling for us to repent. All of us. Wash yourselves. There you go. That's the idea of repentance. Make yourselves clean. Well, we can't really do that, right? We can't really make ourselves clean. Hasn't the cross uh, proven that? That Jesus had to come. Gerard talked about that earlier. For us to be clean. But however, there is something that the gospel does in our lives that, that allows us to change. And we'll talk more about that later on. But the point here is for us to repent. And repenting is, is simply this, guys. It, it's, it's turning away from the evil and, and going the opposite direction. So if we're going to apply it to this idea of selfishness, then, then if we're turning away from selfishness, we're not turning on to just a neutral state where, you know, we're just, at least now we care for them. At least now, naawa tayo. No, no, it's, it's, it's beyond that. It's, a, it's an 180 degree turn. So what's the 180 degree of selfishness? It's generosity, isn't it? And that's what repentance is. It's turning away from sin, turning to Christ, and to what we ought to do. 
the opposite of what we were actually struggling with. That's change, guys. Change isn't us being going to a neutral state. There's no neutral state, actually. That, that doesn't exist. But some people think there is. And at least that neutral state is, state is probably something like, wow, at least naawa na ako ngayon. Hindi, hindi. You know, there's that turn that needs to be made towards generosity. And if I may submit this to you all, generosity is the antidote to selfishness. If you know in your heart that you're struggling with certain selfishness, the only way, the, the root, the, the antidote to that is for us to be generous. Say generous. To be generous. So we all, this is a call for repentance right here. So when we deal with that, when we go before the Lord with our, with our weakness, with our struggle in this area of being of selfishness, probably greed. You know, before God, no? But when we go to, to the Lord with it, then we ought to turn towards the opposite direction, which is generosity. The second thing is not about just dealing with the sin, it's that we need to we need to learn something, right? Not only do we remove something, but something needs to be replaced, right? There should be a new heart. We need to learn. The learning needs to be sown. There's something that needs to be learned here. Once something is removed, something needs to be learned. Verse 17, learn to do good. And what is the good that he was talking about? Right? Semicolon right there tells us that it's a continuation of thought. Right? So what is good? Define good. It's this. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. Plead the widow's cause. Now, I could talk about justice here, social justice as well. But today, I'm talking about social responsibility. So I'm going to focus more on this idea. This idea of being, of helping the needy. And, and the thing about it is, it's all about learning how to do it, right? It's about being educated, understanding the real need. A lot of us, we don't know. A lot of us here, we just don't know how much need there is out there, all right? So there's ignorance there. We just don't know. And so I like the, 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 the term learn to do good because that tells us that there's a progressive thing here. There's something that we can learn. There's something we can understand. It's something that is learned. It's not something that we can just do automatically. But the Lord here is saying, learn it. Learn it. Learn to do good. And for me, that, 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 makes, that takes it mas madali <laughs> Right? At least it takes it to a place where, okay, let me first understand why and what. What's going on? What's the situation out there? How can I help? Now, one way is for us to expose ourselves to the needs of our family, our community, and also the needs of our nation, and maybe even the world. Have we actively looked for, for those places, those people we're in, who are in need? Have we actively looked at or or do we just chance upon these people and that's what triggers us to help? 
See, that's, that's what it means about learning to do good, is that you're actively finding out how can I make a difference. To defeat apathy, to defeat this idea of selfishness, I need to know what's going on out there. I, can't, I have to stop turning a blind eye to what's happening in my community, in my world, in my nation. Now, well, there's so much. Social media, this is where social media can help. And, you know, there's a group of young people, um, just one example, that, that, that came up with this, uh, with this NGO called For Our Farmers. And um, what gripped me when I checked out their website is that they showed that, that the average farmer dito sa ating bansa, no, is yung age nila is ranging around, uh, the average age pala is 60 years old. And they're still old. I'm sorry, they're still, they're still poor at 60. Alright? So at 60 years old, they're still poor. And so these guys came up with a way to, you know, um, by, by, by setting up agri-e-commerce and all that and you know, that's one way. You see, all I'm saying is that there's so much out there. There's so much opportunity out there. There's so much need and there's so much opportunity to actually help. Now, let's not... We have Real Life Foundation, which is our compassion arm here in Victory. But before I, I, I tell you more about that, did you know that three out of five high school graduates cannot afford college? Did we know that? See, this is part of learning. We're understanding what's going on, the needs. We're interested about the needs out there. So three out of five high school graduates cannot afford college. Only 40% of Filipino high school graduates can actually afford going to college. Now, that is hurting the country's chances of achieving sustainable growth. We say the youth is our, I don't know, our hope. But what if they don't go to college? What if most of them in our nation are not able to avail of a college education just because of finances, just because of that? And we're talking about some of them probably are really, they were really good in the high school, but just because of financial issues, they cannot Now, this idea of learning, it's active, okay? Whenever you go to school, there's no such school that will just input a lot of information. There's always output involved, right? Teachers, you know that, right? They need practical exams. They need to do it. They need to practice it, right? It's even better when you put them out there and they actually work with their hands and they learn something more when they start doing it. And so for us... We need, learning involves us not just finding out the needs, but actually doing something about it. In the scriptures, we have these action words, no? Seek, correct, bring, plead. So it's not just enough for us to be aware. We need to go out there and do something about it. We need to do something about it. Now, probably you're thinking, oh, what a difficult preaching it is. Well, what would inspire obedience? Not inspire, let me change the word. What would actually empower obedience for us is this. It's the gospel. 
you, as a child of God, are finding difficulty to accept this word, to act on it, then let's just be reminded of the gospel. Verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Wow. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. First off, the Lord says, come. And isn't that amazing? First, he says, he, he tells us the sin. He tells the sin of Israel, the nation Israel. A list of it. Again, I, I, you could read that when you get home. Read chapter 1, verse 1 up to verse, uh, all those verses actually, up to verse 15. You'll see all that, all the sin there. And you'll see this God who is angry, who is indignant. And yet, he tells these sinful people, right? Come. Come. What an amazing God we have. He doesn't tell you, away from my sight, here is your judgment. Though judgment was given, and we'll learn more about that in Isaiah as we study more. But there was an invitation to come. He doesn't just show that he is a righteous judge. He shows that he is a loving father. Anak, medyo na wawala tayo. Halika. Come. Wow. See, isn't that the spirit of the gospel? That it's made available to all. It doesn't matter what sin you've had in the past, but if you believe that Jesus Christ is God who died on the cross for you because of your sin. And by that, you are made righteous, not by your own good words, but by what he's done, by believing, by putting your faith in that. That makes you forgiven, saved, and that makes you a child of God. But more than that, it causes us to have a changed life as well as we understand how deeply important that is. And here he mentions the word scarlet. And then he also says crimson. He uses those, those word pictures right there, right? You, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Wow. Isn't that what Jesus has done? Now, that word scarlet, when, when he was making reference to this, probably the, the prophet had this creature in mind. This, this creature called the tola. It's a crimson worm that is quite popular in the Middle East, okay? All right? Now, red, the red dye that's excreted from them back in the ancient days are used for dyeing the high priest's robes, okay? So that it can have that kind of crimson, all right? So this is a crimson worm. Now, let me tell you a little on about this, okay? Medyo magnat geo tayo ng konti. Okay lang ba yun? Okay, 
So when the female crimson worm is ready to lay her eggs, which by the way happens only once in her lifetime, she climbs up a tree or a tree, all right, and attaches herself to it. With its body attached to the wood, a hard crimson shell forms, and then a shell so hard and so secure that the wood that it can only be removed by tearing it, tearing the body apart, which would eventually kill the worm. Now here's what happens: when she does that, she's about to lay eggs, right? And then these eggs, when they're about to come out, they burst open her body, allowing the crimson dye to pour out, and of course. What happens to this one? This worm dies. And the children are bathed with that crimson dye. And they live. And then this becomes, when it dries out, it becomes so white. And it flakes down like snow going down the tree once it's dried up. What an amazing illustration. Isn't this what Jesus Christ has done for us as well? That through his death, we have been made alive. That his blood sprinkled on us makes us a child of God, an acceptable sacrifice before God. All these, all these illustrations and word pictures now come to life when I, when I learned about this. Like, wow. Now, that's the gospel here. God doesn't just come and tell Israel their sin. He provides a solution. He's not just an angry God and a judge out there excited to, to, act, to do his judgment over his people. No. He gives a solution. The solution to sin, the solution to iniquity, the solution to transgression. It's the gospel, friends. However, it does involve a response in our part. Will we believe the gospel? And what's the proof of us believing the gospel? What's the proof? Because anyone can say they believe, right? What's the proof? Verse 19 to 20. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What's the proof of it? Is your obedience. You're, wanting, you're pledging your allegiance to God. That's basically what repentance is. You're pledging your allegiance. Not anymore to yourself. You're not the God of your life anymore. You're not the most important mission in life. Your happiness, your joys, your dreams, that's not the most important thing. You're taking away your allegiance to yourself, your old God, and you're putting it towards God. And you're saying, that's repentance right there. And then... As you put your allegiance to God, you make him your Lord, your master, you obey everything the master says. That's the life of a true believer. The life of someone who's really been moved by the gospel. That he will say, Lord, have your way in me. Now, is it going to be hard? Of course. It's a process. There's this idea of sanctification, right? It's a journey. But at least we say, Lord, we surrender to you. Have your way in my life. See, when, we're, when the gospel, when we understand the gospel, it doesn't just elicit a feeling. It empowers obedience. We're not just 
Oh, Lord, I love you. Thank you for what you've done. Now, let me go on live the life that I used to live, right? I'm going, let me just add that benefit in my life. Wow, I have a free ticket to sin. Woo no, eh. When you really understand what the gospel is, it's going gonna, it's gonna to empower obedience. It's going to empower change. The gospel doesn't just make us feel loved. It doesn't just make us feel loved. And it's great. The gospel does make us feel loved, but it doesn't just do that. It makes us move in love towards God and others. Now we care about others. Now we want to share the gospel. Now we want to not just preach the gospel. We want to demonstrate the gospel. We want to help those who are in need. There's more compassion all of a sudden. That's the new life that's, that's happened, that happens when we are moved by the power of the gospel. When the gospel transforms us through and through. We move. We move. James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but have no deeds? Can such faith save them? See, the proof of us really understanding what the Lord has done for us, how He's given richly, generously, sacrificially, richly, generously, sacrificially. That's how the Lord has given. The proof of that is that we would want to grow in giving in the same manner. More and more and more and more. So let me leave you with this as we end and we're going to pray. Let us repent of our apathy and lack of compassion towards the poor. And let us learn to do what is good as we respond to the mercy and goodness of God. Again, if we're having a difficult time, Let's remember the gospel. Let's go back to the gospel. Let's preach the gospel to ourselves once more. In fact, it's healthy that we do that. The gospel is not just meant for that altar call moment we had many years ago. It's not just for that. It's meant to transform us. Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians, the power of the gospel. He talked about that in Romans as well, the power of the gospel. The gospel has that power to change us through and through. And that we may obey God, say no to sin, say yes to God, and obey His will. And to love others by helping them and serving their needs. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, thank you. Um, there are many times when this word could be really difficult to hear. But it is your word. And we allow the power of your word to do its work in our hearts today. Some of us here probably, and if you're watching online, you just heard about this gospel, this idea of the gospel. It's new to you. And you're saying, I want to pledge my allegiance to this God. I don't want to be the Lord and Savior of my life because that won't get me anywhere. But I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. I submit to his Lordship. I pledge my allegiance to this Christ who died for me for the forgiveness of my sins. Who was raised again from the third day showing that he is God. And who now offers salvation and forgiveness to me even if I have sinned. Even if I've been the most selfish person that I know. 
If you're that person here or that person online, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you welcome me. Thank you that you say this word. You say, come. Thank you that you're calling me out of darkness into your marvelous light. Lord Jesus, I am sorry. I am sorry. I realize the gravity of my sin. But at the same time, I understand the magnitude of your grace, how powerful that grace is. And when I put the, 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 the magnitude of my sin and the, the gravity of my sin and the magnitude of your grace side by side, I see that your grace always wins. And so today, I say, be the Lord of my life. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Help me to obey you. Help me to show the same degree of compassion towards others, to share this gospel, to proclaim it, but more than just talking about the gospel, to demonstrate it, to reach those who are in need. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, find a way to send us a message. Right? You're probably thinking, what's next now? Let us know. Let us know. Write it down on the envelopes if you're here. Um, if you're watching, send us a personal message on our Victory Ortigas account. I also want to pray this prayer one more time for all of us. Lord, we receive your word today. And Lord, we repent. Whether if it is iniquity or if it's transgression, God, we repent of turning a blind eye to those who are needy, to those who are poor. For not acting. We know the Holy Spirit has prompted us to give and we've, we didn't even listen to the Holy Spirit. Lord, we repent. We're turning away from that kind of a mindset that just makes us the most important in our lives. And we say, God, you are our God. Therefore, we will follow you. If it's because of lack of faith, Lord, thank you that God, as we follow and obey, you're going to show us that you will supply everything that we need to honor you, to glorify you, to serve your people by, to serve you by serving your people. You will show us, God, that you'll open the floodgates of heaven, that we will have, we won't have any much room to store it because your grace is not meant for us. It's not meant for us to store the nature of your grace is overflowing and therefore the purpose of it is for us to give and overflow and God we pray God and we move in faith Lord impress on us people organizations whom we can be a blessing to and Lord may we do this not to earn your favor because the cross because of what you've done on the cross, you already love us. But may we do this out of that. May we do this out of your love for us. May it be a genuine response for understanding the power of the gospel. How it has transformed us. How it has made us new. How we have received this mercy. How we have been made children of God. Salamat Panginoon. 
We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yes, let's give the Lord praise. I invite you all to stand. I implore you all, find a way to act on the word. But if you're wrestling with it, that's fine. Wrestle with the word. Go back to the scriptures, read it again. Wrestle with God if you need to. But let's do something about it. That's the best way for us to experience victory in our lives and change. And to serve God by serving others as well. Now as you go and do that, let me pray this prayer for all of you. Even those watching online, lift up your hands. Here we are, your children, God. Holy Spirit, empower us to do your will. Humble us and bless us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Ingat po kayo as you leave. God bless you.